0: You're listening to episode 17 of season 13 of the GNU World Order. Hey everybody, this is CLAT2, and in this episode we're going to talk about community. And this is in direct response to an email from a friend of mine named Carl. I think I know Carl from Mastodon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, sure is where I, I met him. So Carl says, I hope you're not spamming you too, too much email. Nope, you're, you're not. Uh, For the past several years I've used PyCore, an arm port of TinyCore for my Raspberry Pi projects. It's super light, runs in RAM, uh, command-line only, by default, and can be unplugged without file system corruption, so sort of like an appliance, which is what I wanted. That's actually really useful. I mean, I've 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 run pies... this is 2 again, but I've run pies with just, like, various versions of Fedora and so on, and it, it has not... it hasn't been a problem for me to just Yank the power out when I'm finished with it, because I, I I just haven't had a problem with that. I've found that the the journaled file systems do a, do their job. Um, nevertheless, I've always felt weird about it, and so it's kind of a, a, a neat point about just sort of running it, running like a super tiny distribution, and and just running it in RAM and so on. That's a, that's really cool. So anyway, he says development on it went strangely silent, and support for newer Pis has been stuck in beta last I looked, and the repos for the beta builds are sparse. Hmm, that's curious, and that's too bad. But anyway, he says, I went looking for a replacement OS and found that the Pi builds of, I don't know if I want to say the name of this distribution, maybe I'll bleep it out, of (coughs) Linux, were current, the project looked active, and the OS itself shared some of the same qualities as PyCore that I noted above. My initial testing went well, so I made the decision to invest some time with it. I wrote an installation guide for the Pi Zero W on the wiki and joined a couple of mailing lists. I followed their package build guide and successfully made packages I needed that weren't in the repos. I submitted the patch request for the package builds to the dev mailing list per their process. All was going well, except I'd asked a couple package-build questions in the appropriate IRC chat room and received zero responses. Okay, no big deal. I sort of worked out m- the issues myself anyway. I submitted a patch, as I mentioned above, and again have not received any response to date, positive or negative. Okay, no big deal, I guess. I'll just use my packages locally, though it would be nice to know if I followed the guidelines correctly. I also asked a question to one of the mailing lists, and ended up replying to myself a couple of times and again, just ended up sorting it out myself. I did at least have one reply in that instance, which was nice, but ultimately no help. The project forum was apparently shut down some time ago, too, in favor of IRC and mailing lists, though the link to the forum still exists on every page of the wiki in the sidebar. Then, today, this email showed up in the mailing list. I don't know the history of anything he's talking about, and it may just be one of those goodbye cruel world posts that happen in the life of a project as people come and go, but in context of my own rather lackluster response to attempts to engage in the community, it's got me wondering if there's something more serious going on you've done a couple of episodes on evaluating software have you done one on evaluating the health of a project and judging what level of involvement to invest in for myself and i'm going to press on but my initial enthusiasm has been tempered a little bit which is sort of disappointing and and then he posts a post that was was emailed to to a to the mailing list of this project that he's talking about which I mean, you can you can Google this for yourself and, and figure out what project this is. I just don't want to I don't want to say anything I don't, want, I don't want this to serve as gossip, but this is an interesting email nevertheless. I mean slightly it's it's out of context, or we have no context, so we have no idea what's going on, but um, it's still worth reading. so hello, unfortunately it's been this is uh, yeah, this is the email not from Carl. This is someone else emailing the project that hes that he's talking about. So, hello. Unfortunately, it's become abundantly clear to me that this isn't the same project that I joined over a decade ago. Time and time again, I've been reminded of this as of late, and while I don't want to rehash old disagreements, I really can't do this anymore. Note that this constitutes an orphaning of all my packages, as well as some specific tools that I am sole maintainer of. I will be pushing a commit momentarily to reflect this. While the interim project policy has done some good to help streamline common issues with the project, I feel that the policy proposals to replace the interim policy are flawed and serve as an effective reversal of the open governance goals I had in mind while drafting the interim policy. There's a lot of policies. I wish, you all, I, I wish the rest of you all the best, but I can't keep doing this. And, and so effectively, I'm, I'm assuming that is the person's resignation letter from that project. I've read letters or or emails similar to that to other to other projects it it's not an uncommon an uncommon sentiment this isn't the same project that I joined i can't do this anymore that sort of thing it's a it's a common thing and i think it's important for people to be able to do that not not important to be able to do it like they're not allowed to i mean it's it's important for people to allow themselves to do it. You have to get to that point sometimes. And sometimes the sooner you get to that point, the better, because then you waste f- fewer fewer years of your life on something that is indeed, after all, a dead end. And I think that's kind of what Carl is asking about. Is there a way, or, or, or is there a, a rule of thumb, or, or some, some thing, some tip that we might come up with to help uh, each other and ourselves, to avoid to to sort of look at a project and and maybe scope it out a little bit in advance and 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 be critical of it when you're approaching it and decide that's not a project that I should be getting involved in w- actually. And it was a really good question because I mean gosh, I've I've looked back at projects and just thought yeah that's. That's, that is not as shiny on the inside as their website would 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 suggest. And I mean from a getting-involved standpoint. It, it, it has happened um, a fair amount, actually. And, and maybe it happens more to some people and, and less to others. Maybe uh, some people just aren't really the getting-involved type and and maybe if they're not aware of that then they try to get involved and then inevitably become disappointed and it's not maybe it's not because of the project it's just because they're not the type to to join a party they don't know how to how to do that and and be comfortable in that situation and so they they walk away disappointed thinking maybe that it's the fault of the group whereas when in reality it's it's it isn't necessarily the group's fault. It's, it's nobody's fault. It's just that you're not that type of person. So, I mean, that's... And uh, if by you, of course, I mean me. So, who knows? I mean, you know, there are lots of different, lots of different theories on, on, on how things... On, on how human relationships work, right? And, and each of us has a different... I shouldn't say theory. I should say there are just different dynamics and that's a lot to bring to something because you're you're bringing all of your expectations or your hopes or your your um your your desires like i i want this project to be this for me and then if that project isn't that for you then maybe it it sort of disappoints you and you you walk away unhappy but allowing for that allowing for different dynamics and different personality types and all those other things that people who who know psychology and sociology and stuff probably understand really really well and i have no clue about other than like the the hints and and clues that i've been able to piece together over my life i was thinking about this 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 question of well is there a way to analyze a project in advance and kind of get a get an educated guess, at the very least, on how it's doing. I wasn't able to come up with a troubleshooting flowchart sort of thing, where you could figure out in advance what's working and what's not working with a, a given project. I mean, I guess the answer would be, well, check out their mailing lists and see what kind of activity is there and that sort of thing, but I feel like that's kind of the obvious answer and a little bit... I don't know. Almost too direct. Maybe, maybe I, I, I kind of get a feeling that Carl's asking for a little bit more than that. So, and certainly I, I feel like the puzzle demands a little bit more than that. So, here's my first pass, and that is that I've come up with with six profiles of a project and its community. That may ring true, may not ring true. It just kind of depends on your on your experience. But these are things that I've seen. And I'm just kind of wondering, maybe this would be a way to to look at a project and judge w- where it's at. So the first one is actually probably, uh, for me, I think possibly the most common, most common situation. But I think a, a lot of these are going to be dependent on personality types. But the first one that I could think of was that there is a vibrant community. It's obvious that things are happening within this project. And there's no greeter. Which, which means to me that for whatever reason there are people who are familiar with one another. Maybe it's because they've been working on the code together for so long and they just kind of know each other, know a lot about each other, whether they like it or not, whether they care or not. Or maybe they've assembled and to maybe they've assembled a team and they're embarking on this exciting journey together because they want to conquer the world. Either way, they've formed sort of an inner circle accidentally, and they've forgotten to place someone a host or a hostess at the door to greet newcomers. And I think I mean, I think there are certain personality types who can go to that door with or without a host or hostess barge in, make an impression, deliver some brilliant patch or some brilliant idea or or design modification or whatever and and make an impression and and integrate themselves into that inner circle. But I think there are are probably for for that one person, there are probably three other geeks out there who have a lot to offer and simply can't they just simply don't know what to do when they get to the front door. They they arrive, maybe they do deliver a patch. Maybe they they, they have some housewarming-type gift that they bring to the project. And maybe it's accepted, maybe it's integrated. But because there's not really anyone to invite them in to do more, then that's the extent of their involvement. And I think, I mean, if we think really coldly and corporately about this that is kind of that that that's earning a customer but letting the what do they call it in 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 corp speak um the um ah there's a there's a buzzword for this the promoter is it the promoter is that what they call them the promoter where they you know you, you they go into the the store and they purchase the thing And then if you've done your your corporate wage slave job correctly, they leave feeling like they've just joined a family because they've purchased this item. And so they go and tell all of their friends to go back to that same store and purchase the same item or something similar. And that's the idea, that you gain these these net promoters who go out and talk you up, that they are advertisers for you now. So now if we get off of our corporate... uh, pulpit for a moment and, and get back to just being normal people, we could say, well, that sort of applies to a software project or, or, or any kind of project, right? If you want to grow, and, and, and by grow, I simply mean if you want to be healthy. You don't necessarily have to expand and grow and take over neighboring empires, but you do want to make sure that as people f- phase out of your project, more people are phasing in. That's just kind of the, the, the cycle, right? the life cycle of a project. People get busy with real life, they get busy with this, they get jobs, they do whatever. They leave, but luckily you've got, un- you've got fresh people, fresh meat, new blood, whatever you call it, coming into the project, feeding into that. So your project always has that, that supply of, of people who have time and dedication and, and blood, sweat, and tears that they can dedicate to the project. And if you want that then you do have to you have to make sure that people are coming into your into your project space and that they are feeling welcome and that they know where to go with their their new idea or their their patch better yet the the thing that they brought with them to offer and I'm not saying I'm not saying at all i'm i'm, I'm kind of i'm basing all of this on the assumption that the people who come to your door are coming to the door bearing the the appropriate credentials. And I understand that there's there are certain there are politi- not politics, but there's there are certain hurdles that you want to put into place because believe me, I've been I've been involved I've been involved with enough project on the management side, not that I've ever wanted to be, but you know, someone's got to do it sometimes. So you're you're there and you see people approach and they say, "Hey, I, I'm here. I've got all these great ideas why don't why don't you all just sit down and listen to me and then I'll I'll give you the idea and then you can all go and work on it and it's just like well first of all we don't even know your first name yet and then second of all you're not the boss of us so there there are those people who come in and they don't understand the dynamics so I'm I'm assuming that we're talking about a person who has who has done their homework they they know what they know what the project's about they've they, they've got something to bring to it like Carl said he had these packages that he had built, and he came to the community and said, hey, here's these packages that I have built. Why don't you review them and possibly in- include them in your repository or whatever? And and that didn't happen. So there was no greeter. There was nobody there to to accept the the bounty that, that Carl, in this example, was bringing to the project. And therefore Carl, well, he says he'll press on, but I don't feel like Carl's going to be a net promoter of this project and and quite possibly carl will not last on the project i don't know carl probably doesn't even know but i mean the point is that his that his experience has been tempered and, and hampered by by the lack of 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 response so and and for who for all we know there is a community somewhere in there making all these exciting things happen but nobody was was manning the front door. Okay. So another possibility, another another profile that I have I've experienced in the past is the um lights are on but nobody's home syndrome, which y- you may have also experienced in the past. This is usually a pretty easy one to diagnose. You look at their release schedule, you look at the last time that they actually touched the code or whatever and you realize that yeah there's not a whole lot actually happening here the the problem is with that there's this there are these false positives out there i mean heck i'm i'm one of those false positives myself there there are projects that i have online that i do not touch for 3 years and you might think well this project's dead but actually it just doesn't need to be be modified for three years. It's not that it's dead, it's just that it's working, and there's no use, there's no point in 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 messing with it right now. So you do have those projects out there, and there are bigger ones than mine, certainly, that that just don't have a lot of regular activity, because they don't need it. But unfortunately, those projects trick you, because then you go to something that really ought to have more activity, and you think, well, this seems like a dead project to me, because the code hasn't been updated in a year. But I don't know. Maybe that's okay. Maybe that's maybe they're just working on other stuff right now. Because their site sure looks exciting, and they're still posting on their social media stuff. And, you know, so there there are signs of life, and yet for whatever reason, the the work just isn't actually getting done. And that does happen. And I think. I think the the way that happens is that some people are very good at promoting. That's what they do. They are marketing people. They like to do it. They do it well. And if they join a project at some point, and they stick with that project, they will continue to promote, and continue to market, and continue to drive a project from a marketing standpoint, even though the people who are supposed to be producing the code part of a project have long ago sort of checked out. Maybe they haven't actually left, but they've just kind of lost the plot. And maybe there's no project manager or project manager-like person to drive anything. And so maybe the coders are producing code. Maybe stuff is getting updated, but those releases aren't happening. And that's because they don't know what, they don't know when it counts as a release. There's no roadmap and so on so it, it happens it, it 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 occurs out there that that there are lights on and no one home or or basically no one home in a project and and you can walk up to such a project and you can excitedly submit code and maybe they'll integrate it maybe they won't you'll never really understand what happened because it's really just a toss of the dice as to whether someone notices that you walked in at all All right, so uh, the that's, that was zero and then one. So this is the second one, right? So the second um, the, the second case that I've seen is the um, the exclusive club, and this is a tricky one. So it's it's an open source project that that has people involved, but for whatever reason they they forgot to tell. People on the outside that they're actually throwing a private party, and this can manifest in a couple of different ways. So, I mean, first of all, it might just be that that they're just not interested. That they're they're perfectly happy with their tight knit group. They they have formed an inner circle. May, maybe it's more, or maybe it's intentional, or maybe it's basically intentional. And, and the difference there is that maybe they've actually said. We are the people who know the most. We are the the best coders for this project. We will continue to do all of the work ourselves, and we will actively turn away anyone who tries to get in because we are the best. That happens, I'm sure. I I have not. I don't know how to ha, I, how to see that. I, I'm I don't know. I, I'm not sure how to react to that, or even if I know how to recognize it when I see it. Sometimes, so it happens. I think another way that it happens, though, and I I guess the the, the the default assumption for me, the, the benefit of a doubt assumption, is that sometimes it happens, it sneaks up on people, right? they They form that inner circle because, well, they are the three people who know the code best, and it's really, really, it takes a lot of work to integrate someone into this because you have to kind of get people up to speed and explain why we don't use that particular function, and really it's much better to use this one, and so on. And that's just a lot of work. So what happens is you just, they they end up forming an inner circle, and they end up not inviting anyone into that inner circle because it's just too much work to get anyone else involved. And besides what could possibly go wrong, it's not like they're going to ever die themselves, right? Or get busy with something, so, why? Why would we need anyone but these three people, or whatever? Other times, I think that it's um, less, even less conscious than that, and that is that. Well, for instance, possibly a project has four people in a room. I, I'm. You think I'm making up these numbers, but I'm actually imagining very specific scenarios. So, um, th- there's four people in the room. They work at. They They physically work in an office together. They are literally in the same room monday through friday nine to seven eight nine whatever and and they're working on this project that happens to publish all the code to the internet why would anyone do that well a lot of times it happens because that code that they're working on is gpl they have to publish it on the internet other times it's just because they decided well this should be gpl this is something that we believe in we're going to publish it that said we're not interested actually in inviting other people in. If someone wants to fork it, they can, I guess. But but this is our thing, because this is what we need for this particular job. This is a, It's essentially in-house software that happens to be published publicly. It does happen. It sounds strange. But it actually happens quite often, especially in the movie business. So sometimes that's a private party just kind of based around the fact that there's no reason for it to be a non-private party. They're they're coworkers. They can talk to each other, and if you're not there in that room with them, then you're not really a part of that project. If you submit a patch, they might get to it because it's useful to them. But as far as they understand, as far as they feel, and and as far as they can have a capacity to care about. They're the only people on that project, and, and they're only on the project because they're getting paid to work on it. And that's what their boss tells them to work on when they come in to work on Monday every week. They are told to fix this bug or to add this this feature. So that totally happens. And frankly, with the project, the particular project that Carl is talking about, I feel like this might actually be possibly part of it. From, what, from little, what, little know, what little I know of that project that he's talking about, it is, a, I believe, a fairly corporately sponsored project, and so I'm wondering, Carl, if you are experiencing some of that. Especially since they, co- they closed down the forum. And the forum being on the wiki means nothing, because wikis are useless. There, I said it, wikis are useless. Without someone maintaining a wiki, day and night wikis are useless they they bit rot faster than anything else out there so this might be a case of there's a project and it's being published publicly because it's gpl code and they'll take maybe they'll take patches to the core the core set of of libraries or whatever but they're not really that interested in the whole community activity of oh here's my package and i'm maintaining it and i'm do i've got this project in my workshop they don't care about that they go to work they're told that they're on this project and that's what they do all day so i'm, I'm just theorizing here but i, I kind of wonder okay so what, what am i on now zero one two this must be three so the third, uh, the third profile I came up with was that a project is decaying slowly and coming apart at the seams. I've seen this happen. You've seen this happen. Sometimes a project seems to be doing okay, and it might seem to be doing okay for a whole year. But if you really, really look inside, you see that everything's just... The nuts are coming loose. The, the, the screws are all shaking free. Parts are flying all over the place. It's coming apart. And it's, it, it's got a lot of motion, and so it's going to keep spinning for a long time, but eventually it, there will be nothing left and, because everything will have just flown off. And I, I've, I've definitely seen that happen where you, you're, you think a project is, is fine. Everything's fine. They, they keep insisting that they're fine. I mean, heck, companies do this. I mean, I've, I've known people who've been at, I mean, startups are kind of, I think, I, I feel like they're kind of infamous for it. Startups, they're doing fine, they're doing fine, they're doing fine. Oh my gosh, we're out of money, you're all fired. Like, today. Like, go home now. W- and we can't pay you for the last week. I mean, I've known people where that's happened. So, if a company with money can do that, then surely an open-source little hobby project could do that, right? It happens. happens. Uh, number four... Uh some projects are just unpleasant. that's sometimes it's difficult to tell because you, th- you you see someone on a mailing list and you're and and you and it does seem like they're being pretty mean, but then again, the person who was who who they're who they're um they're talking to was pretty irrational as well. so I'm not really sure who exactly is the bad guy here, and you can look through mailing lists for you know a week and not get through. Really, you, you'll get nowhere because every every post, of course, every thread is going to turn into into noise eventually. So it's really difficult, I think, to get a feel for that. And and once again, there are a lot of false positives out there. You know, you you can look at one project and see someone reacting very, very, apparently poorly on a mailing list. And and lots of other people on the mailing list say, you're reacting poorly to this. But then you look at the other, the thing that set them off, and you look at that history, and you think, oh my gosh, yeah, that, that was actually spot on. This person was totally right. And yeah, people might not have liked their attitude in this situation, but... I know what they're reacting to. That's happened to, to me several times. And, and I haven't been the one reacting, but but I've been the one looking at a mailing list and thinking, that person was correct, because I know this person who who emailed the list out of the blue making wild claims about this or that, I've seen that person mail other mailing lists, you know, or or I've listened to, to their podcast, and I've seen, I've heard what kind of what things they stir up and, and try to get a reaction out of people, and and try to try to create drama from this or that. So you get those false positives where where a perfectly respectable person seems to have gone off the handle at this poor innocent uh, journalist or or whatever until you kind of look at the history and you realize no actually that was that was the, the, this respected person though they flew off the handle they were calling it exactly uh, as it should be but then you have the 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 actual positives like not the false positives the the real times where this person has flown off the handle and they're completely wrong and they 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 should really just they should admit that they're wrong, and they should apologize, and, and so on. So it's really difficult, I think, to be an outsider and look in at this sort of thing, but it happens, there are there are projects filled with people, or just with one person, that you just don't want to be around. You don't want to deal with them, you don't want to have to deal with their attitude, or their the way that they act towards you, or the things that they say, and and that's tough too because you have something to offer maybe and you don't want to walk away from this project because it's the biggest one in town that serves your need and so you want to continue to uh, sort of be a part of it i've been near or around situations like that although not not me as either the target or the or the the aggressor i've i've i hopefully i've i've been neither of those two things um but i've been around cases where it has happened and i've seen it from the certainly the 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 target the victims side, and thought wow this is really not cool this is very very bad i mean luckily it hasn't ever happened in a project that i've been a part of um, but i've been i've stood next to a target and and said they're really not treating you very well you should walk away from this so that's that's something to look out for, but like I say, like everything else, it, it seems to be really difficult to um, to diagnose before it happens. And then finally, the fifth one is that there is no community. But the good news is that there doesn't need to be a community. Nobody's asking for a community. So sometimes you go up to a project and you have something to offer and you throw it on the table, and maybe they accept it, maybe they don't. The thing is that there's no... There is no project, maybe. I mean, there's a project, someone's producing something, and it's a downloadable thing that you can use, but there's no sense of, I guess, ownership. There's no sense of ownership to that project. There's no sense of ownership to a community of people based around that project. It's simply, it is sort of the cold and, and, and emotionless production of a very, very useful thing. I've been a part of a couple of different projects like this, and f- frankly, I really like it. <laughs> this is the one that I enjoy the most, strangely. I mean, it is logical. It is effective and efficient. What more do you need? As a, to be honest, I said I wouldn't name names, but to be honest, Slackware is a little bit like that. And I say that really, really affectionately. Slackware doesn't really have... At least that I'm aware of a, a, a real community sense we, we don't have a community manager you know we don't have a we don't have uh, meetups or, or anything like that that, I, that I'm aware of. I mean maybe it did at one point I, I really don't know the history of Slackware beyond 12.0 or so and, and even then that was just me running Slackware. so I didn't meet other Slackware users until I think Southeast Linux fest. And and I guess you could call that a community. There were five or six people there who sat at a table together. I didn't sit with them be- because I didn't know I was invited, and I didn't didn't want to uh, intrude. And later, they they made it clear that actually I, I, I they would have been happy to have me sit at the table with them. So so I guess that's a little bit of a community, but I I still don't I don't get the feel that they sort of hang out on a regular basis. And, and certainly I've, I've run across other Slackware users at, at other conferences, and we, we chat a little bit, but I don't really get the sense that, yeah, there's a, a Slackware community. I guess the closest thing to that would be the Slackbuilds.org community. But again, there's not a, a the, the word "community" is almost wrong. It's, it's really more like a team of, or a group of people who happen to all maintain packages. And that's more or less the extent of our interactions. Or at least, I mean, I'm obviously speaking everything from my point of view. So if someone else is involved with that stuff and has a completely different picture of it, then that's okay. Then maybe there is stuff happening that I'm not aware of. But from my perspective and my level of involvement, it is very methodical, programmatic, i feel like it's very efficient and there's no there's no excess baggage there you don't get involved with people <laughs> you don't you don't feel for them you don't care about them it's just we're all just contributing to a project that serves each of our needs perfectly and that's very refreshing there have been other projects too Slackware is just one example flowblade was a little bit like that flowblade the uh, the uh, video editor I've I've submitted a patch to them. It got heavily modified and integrated into the project, and that was kind of neat. But I never really got a feel that I was submitting to to a group of people. I, I definitely got the f- sense that I was submitting to the sole maintainer of the project, and I don't believe I ever got like a thanks or anything for the patch. You know, there was never any kind of acknowledgement really. It was it was very much like a business transaction. You just you go to the window, you put down the code, they take the code, they give you a receipt, I guess, you walk away. I mean, that's it. It's just it's it is very like I, I keep saying, it's efficient and and to me that's very appealing, especially in the computer world where I don't need to have a community around some of, a of any of this stuff really. Again, I I like to know that a project is healthy. I want to know that there are new people coming in and that there are people ready to take the code base on, should anything happen to the current maintainer, that sort of thing. But in terms of feeling like a member of a club, not 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 really interested in that so much. So anyway, those are the five profiles of communities that I was able to come up with. And yeah, unfortunately, I have no clue how to diagnose them for health how to analyze them to see if that's something that you want to be involved with, or whether it's just a really bad idea and you should turn around and run away as quickly as possible. I don't know how to do that very well yet, or I haven't been able to codify it anyway. And to make matters more complex is that there are variations on all all of those. those five Those five profiles that I drummed up, there are variations of that that... That you'll come across in reality as well, and that's always interesting because now you have this weird mix of of their website keeps telling you to get involved and it has buttons on how to get involved, but then when you try to get involved, it seems that no one else is around, no one's no one's here to to take the thing that they assigned to you. They, the, there's no one to turn in the homework assignment to now that you are apparently supposedly involved. Yeah, so there there are lots of different variations on this and so far the only r- way that i've really been able to to tell you know to to find these profiles is to get involved with a project and then walk away from it later not necessarily walk away but 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 emerge from the experience more knowledgeable about the nature of that project and that's not v- a very efficient way to determine whether you want to get involved with a pro- project because obviously in order to learn this you have to get involved so I don't know, I'd love to hear other people's feelings on this, uh, other people's thoughts about it, really, not, not necessarily your feelings. Um, but, but, yeah, I would, I would like to hear if anyone else has been able to crack this code and figure out a good way to, to analyze a project from afar, determine whether or not it, it is indeed a healthy project to get involved with, with an emphasis on reliability because i can make judgment calls from afar easy that's easy making accurate and realistic and 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 fair judgment calls such that that i feel secure that yes i have made the correct choice i'm going to walk away from this before getting involved or yes i've made the right choice i am going to get involved like how do you tell or am i are we just asking too much is this is this sort of the question of of you know, if you never fall in love, you'll never break up, or, or whatever the saying is. So maybe, maybe it's just not, um, maybe it's not something that's possible. But I don't know. I feel like a diagnosis at least should be, should be something within some kind of reach. Let me know what you think about that, dear listener. And for now, I think that's about it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I will, I will talk to you next week. That's how this works. Every week, a new show. See you then. Of course, you can email me at klatu at member.fsf.org. That's klatu at member.fsf, as in free software foundation.org. And of course, you can visit my various websites, gnuworldorder.info and slackermedia.info. I will see you next time. to you.